Okay, welcome everybody. It's the March 31st, 2021 episode of On Track Podcast. I got a nice crowd in here with me today. I got some visitors from R.H. Foster. They they wanted to know how a professional podcast goes, and we tried to tell them to go somewhere else, but they came here anyways. Uh, so they're, uh, they're getting some pointers from how not to do it. And uh, so I'll go ahead and introduce the folks I have here in the room. Emily Tadlock, our communications director. Howdy. Good morning, Emily. Eric Ritchie, Chief Operating Officer. Good morning. Sean Milligan, New Hampshire Regional Manager. Good morning. And via Teams, we have Justin Porter from our Mid-Atlantic Office, Regional Manager. Good morning. Good morning, Justin. We can even hear you. This you? is good. This is a, this is a bonus perfect. that we actually have a good contact. So going through what we've got coming up today, we've got a safety topic with uh, Safety Director Cam Hagar. He'll step into the room long enough to... To uh, go with that, this is after we speak with uh, with Justin and Sean and Eric about uh, about the workloads we've got in New Hampshire and Virginia. Um, shout outs, we've got a, a, a good batch of shout outs, it's, so we're anxious to get those going. Uh, price is right. The question was how many dollars worth of bids did the company submit in 2020? And that's a good a good batch of answers there. Uh, and then we got some announcements, but to start with, Eric, I'm going to point to you and see if you can bring us up to speed on some winning bids. We do have some good news. I know you're over there you're in your mind, you're moonwalking. I, I am, and several other things, but... Uh, <laughs> Maybe backpedaling. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Michael Jackson moonwalked, I backpedal. That yeah. is 100% oh, correct. Um, I don't think I can do it with as much grace. But yeah, we had uh, we had a good day yesterday. It was nice yeah. to go home. I went to, uh, I went to bed, a very happy little boy, and uh, we picked up a... It's kind of funny, Pat Dubé and I were talking a couple weeks ago. We've had an awful lot of second places. We talked about it on the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been, you hate to say it's not discouraging, or you hate to say it's discouraging because it, it is a little bit, but uh, we were successful yesterday on a, a bid down at the Sanford Airport, um, real quick hitter type of job. Uh, typical FAA thing will come whenever they decide to give the money to the project, um, but it was a $1.6 million job, and we were low by $45. Forty-five dollars, one point six million. So yeah. I don't remember now what the cost of a bundle of grade stakes was a few weeks ago when we had that as a Price Is Right yep. item. But I'm, I'm, fifteen years ago they were thirty dollars. So I'm guessing we're within a, we were as close as a bundle of grade stakes. It's within that margin by the time, especially by the time you mark it up and do all those type of things. I'm sure we were right there. So oh, I. Yeah. It's, uh, but as Pat and I have been talking, we said, you know, we really need to get a win under our belt and hopefully that'll kind of open the floodgates up a little bit. Um, it's been a while. We've had a dry spell of pick and work up. So that was at 10 o'clock yesterday morning that we found out we were low bidder public opening on the project. Uh, closest bid I've seen ever, yeah. ever. And it's nice to be on the right side of yeah. that. So, uh, like I said, went to bed happy, but after that in the afternoon, um, you know, the floodgates open even quicker than either one of us anticipated, uh, we also found out a project we submitted a bid on last week at the Old Town Juniper Ridge Landfill. Uh, nice little cap job there, or a nice little sell job. Uh, about a $3 million project that that is, uh, we should see a notice of intent to award by the end of the week. Uh, that's great. That's very good. Good for the Bangor region. Good for us, period. It's a, you know, that's what we do. Yeah. It's what we excel at. type of thing. So uh, good news there. And then also um, we've been negotiating a project at the Booth Bay uh, Country Club for a new spa building. Uh, we were notified yesterday, and actually I just saw an email this morning uh, that it's even a little more good news. Of they got all their local permits last night. They got all that stuff, and uh, they called to let us know that's about a million-and-a-half-dollar job uh, that we're hoping to start sometime in mid-April, April 12th, they'd like us to. Yeah, uh, it's one of those, like, how come you're not here already? How can, yeah, yeah. Why, where have you guys been? We've been talking about this for two years. Right. So, um, But it times very well with some work that we have down in the Edgecombe area as well. Uh, there's some benefits uh you know, the job's got some excess rock. We need some rock in other places. So there's some good things that could kind of work out there. So Yeah, good. so a good run of, of wins for 
Pat and his team. A very good run of wins, and uh, uh, we're seeing some success in other places too. Uh, I won't steal Justin's thunder. I'll let him talk about the Mid-Atlantic a little bit. But, uh, you know, the other encouraging part is looking ahead of the big calendar. We've got some very good bids out there, some good work. Um, so it's just very encouraging to see us starting to grab a little bit. Yeah. Um, more and more encouraged all the time. Yeah, and it just th- – that thinness of that win, $45, just highlights how every dollar counts on on really every job we do. So when you're out there as an employee owner and you're, and you're working away and you see – something that might make a small difference, let's let's make that difference. And it and it all adds up. And it, it a lot of these bids we missed a few million dollars worth of work a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago by yeah. eighteen hundred dollars here in Bangor. Yep. So I mean that's uh, th- things are getting tight yep. and much tighter. It's a thin line, Herb. You know, that's a that's a couple hours of labor on a job somewhere. But um, I'm gonna give an early shout out to to Pat Dubay and the estimating crew. Absolutely. On they, that. Let's give them a hand, Emily. Yeah, for sure. Say? They definitely deserve it. Yeah, well deserved. Yep. Uh, Pat, Mike, Dave, Aaron down in the Mid-Atlantic, they've been working extremely hard. Um, if you haven't bid work before, um, well, one, I just enjoy bidding work. It's one of my favorite parts of the mm-hmm. job, quite frankly. But, uh, you know, you, you lose a lot. You win very little, and it uh, can be a discouraging thing. But, you know, yesterday, like I said, was a good kind of reset back into the right direction keep building our backlog. You know, I think that puts us up somewhere in the 140-ish million range with the backlog. Obviously, to come down a little because we're still working, uh, but it just puts us in a real good place going forward to keep being selective of work and keep looking for work that fits us. Yeah, and and you mentioned all the bids we put in, and that's why we talked about this Price is Right item this week, how many bids, dollars worth of bids we have to bid to get what we get. It's it's really amazing. So I think uh, that answer is going to be kind of cool. Let's move on. To uh, talk about some operations, Sean, you're you're. Uh, thank you for being here, by the way. Yeah, it's great. And we we invited Justin up, and he said he's not he's not going to travel. He didn't want to <laughs> leave first thing this morning. Huh? No, Get you could not, not yet. You could have been here in a mere fifteen hours, probably, Justin. Yeah. It wouldn't have been too bad. So, yeah. but we're glad, Justin. We're glad to have you on via Teams, anyways. Sean, you're up. What do you Thanks. got going on down there? Yeah, um, we got a nice little project uh, in Bridgeton, Maine. Eric touched on it uh, a little bit oh, two weeks ago, but uh, it's going to be a fun project. Um, you know, I started looking at the prints on the project, and it kind of took me back to a to an old job uh, back in Howland uh, <laughs> when <laughs> when I was in a previous life. It was like 1988, and it's it's that type of town. Just a sleepy little town doesn't have a lot of infrastructure. So the guys are going to have fun there. It's like, uh, I don't know, 40,000 feet, linear feet of mainline pipe to install, 300 services. You know, it's quite a project. And all relatively new construction, so to speak. Exactly. So, yeah. so it's going to be fun. So we're not going to have a million conflicts to go under or over, elbow around and bypass, all that stuff. Bypass, pumping, all those nightmares. But uh, Peter Broberg is going to be the uh, supervisor on the project for us. Uh, he's getting getting uh, prepped for it now. I'd say once the once the frost out, the postings come off the roads. Probably the end of the month, if not the very first of uh, May, we'll be breaking ground. Yeah, I, I walked in the office with Pete this morning, and yeah. uh, he's he's getting excited about it. Yeah, yeah, good fit for the project. Yep. Uh, we've got a project in Portsmouth. Uh, Kendall Bickford is going to be finishing that up for us. He's spent the last two seasons there and uh you know it's it's one of those long projects uh we were awarded two adults um when we were probably halfway through the base work base bid work and uh he's going to wrap that up early this this summer Uh, we've got probably i don't know about four hundred thousand dollars worth of work left to to complete there some paving mainly it's mostly paving but uh, we'll have early on, probably within two two weeks, maybe three weeks, we'll have a couple masonry crews going, and uh, a couple weeks of topsoil, and then it's a paving job after that. Um, you know, we'd be we'd like to finish that up uh, late June, early July. So yep, that'll be good. Uh, Rochester, this has been a fantastic project for us this winter. Uh, Matt Tebow's down there uh, running that project for us. Um, that's kept a lot of people busy this winter. It's been an excellent, excellent job for us. 
um, for waste management. Uh, we've got, we're currently, we, we've got about seven and a half million dollars worth of work left to put in place. Uh, since then, since we've got the job, we've been awarded uh, probably close to $2 million worth of additional work there. Um, um, recycling facility, all the site work for that, and utilities, and uh, two can yards. Uh, basically just a big parking lot. Yeah, where they it's store great to have things. that add-on work, though. Mm. It is, and I, Justin will attest to this, that, you know, once you get into a project like that, usually... A lot of extra work comes along with it. Some opportunities you know, they, come on. And, yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, it's a good project for us. We'd like to think we could wrap that work up uh, in October, mid to end of October, the paving for the MRF. Uh, the main project, the uh, the uh, berm work for the original bid, you know, we'd like to think August-ish will be done there. Um, Walpole, we just we uh, started back up this week got a presence out there now uh that's a long road job but i don't know a little over four miles uh road reconstruction and slope work uh we've been out there this will be our third season uh coming back uh, we've got about 30 percent left of that work probably three million dollars worth of work uh, to put in place uh, about 4200 feet of box cut a little bit of you know, a few utilities uh culvert crossings and stuff like that we're going to start next week probably a couple weeks worth of work so a good uh, early start there yeah yeah, yeah. snow's all gone i was out there yesterday it's looking good drying up now that rain we got there earlier this week was enough to take take care of the snow sure was i think it's fair to say on that job you've got the heft of the hard part of it behind you and now it's uh, just finishing the thing up absolutely so. bob mann was instrumental out there last year he got a lot of our uh, deep crossings out of the way full season of just working within sheet piles and over 20 feet deep and he got it done yep um now you know like i was saying uh, just some cross culverts and uh box call box cut left uh, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a better season out there yeah more fun to be had for sure yep and uh you know we'd, we'd like to think that project would be finished up in august um, a lot of paving left all of the surface four miles of surface will be uh going down so yeah it's a good job uh, john sanborn's going to be spearheading that for us out there so it's going to be going well um it's good to get a, that early start and get yep. crews back definitely um so as far as projects go, that's basically what we've got uh, starting But that's not up. the end of your news. It's not. Uh, I've got a ton of news here. Uh, probably get the hook before I'm done. Yeah, but, you uh, will. <laughs> but uh, we have a job fair uh, coming up. Woohoo! Yeah. Job fair. Yeah. I started April 9th. Yeah, April 9th, uh, next Friday. At? At our new office location in Fremont, 25 Spalding Road, Fremont, New Hampshire. You heard so it know, here. <laughs> I, I know we got some steel standing up on that office building already. Yep. Yep. And you're hoping to move in about June one. June one. Wow, yep. that's aggressive. So it is. Uh, I did have the conversation with Jewett, uh, Craig Jewett, uh, a week or so ago, and uh, you know they have a huge training facility. They just renovated. Yeah. A large portion yeah, of this office. building, and uh, they have a huge office there now. Um, so. They have a, a good-sized training facility. Eric's been in. Mm. He's seen it. Uh, it's very nice. It is. And uh, they, they said that, uh, you know, no problem. We can we can occupy the training area uh, until our They portion. can take care of you. Yeah. One way absolutely. or another. And they're going to be doing the job fair in conjunction with us uh, on Friday. So they'll be out there with us, which is pretty neat. So yeah. Partnership Friday, there April 9th. On Friday, yeah. April 9th. Yes, please reiterate that again. Well, Friday, I didn't April want everybody 9th. to show up this Friday. Exactly. That's, that's right. And it's a good combination, too. Jewett does building work. We do civil work. So Yeah, it's really great. We're not necessarily pulling from the same type of uh, field of people. So that's right. that's right. Hopefully there'll be some strength in numbers. Some people show up. They come out. We you know, pick some people up. We've reached out to all of the uh, tech schools in New Hampshire. Uh, there's like 17 of them. And hopefully we get uh, a good turnout from that group as well. Oh. So. Good. I think you have one other announcement. You've also added a new person. Exactly, Eric. I've got it in red, actually. I'm yeah, that's here. why I noticed um, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah, we've uh, Heather's been doing a fantastic job for us. Uh, she's been uh, signing people up uh, left and right for us. Uh, Company wide, yeah. Yeah, and uh, down in, in New Hampshire for us, uh, we filled our uh, field cost manager position with uh, Christine McGrath. Uh, she started last week. Uh, she's still in, uh, in Stillwater, um, but I believe she's going to be down in Epping tomorrow. So yeah. really Woo-hoo. looking forward to that. Looking yeah. forward to her, her input. Yeah. You know? She uh, she was in the FCM meetings last week yep. uh, when she started and talking to her a little bit. I see her down there working with Gail, doing some training. Seems to have a great attitude. Yeah. Uh, seems very sharp. So I'm And she's working with good, some great people to train. She's exactly. working with some excellent people. She's got a great team there that she exactly. works with. So it's good. Yeah. Uh, she, Heather also signed up uh, a senior foreman. Uh, with hopes to, you know, potential supervisor for us, uh, Kenneth Quinto. He's going to start next week. Uh, I believe uh, in two weeks we have a, an operator starting. So, you know, things are really falling into place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get a f- few more folks, and that's another whole project we can take on. So. Yeah, sure. Making and, and, moves. And so. this Mr. Quinto comes to us with experience in the business. He's uh, worked for a couple other large, larger companies, companies our size kind of. Right. Um, so it's just encouraging to see some experienced people come through the door. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So. Really Good. exciting stuff. We're going to go on to Justin Porter with some mid Atlantic updates. Justin, what do you got down there? Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, yeah. Following on what uh, Eric was talking about, we, we were, uh, fortunate to hear some good news yesterday on a couple of our airport projects. Uh, one in Clarksville, Virginia. Um, we bid that thing a couple months ago and, we are going to be receiving a contract for that. It's just under a million dollars. Um, it's a it's a it's a rehab project of an existing runway and also uh, widening the existing uh, safety area. Uh, about forty thousand yards of excavation, uh, twenty two acres of regrading, and we're hoping to get a quick uh, contract on that one. Uh, there's some. It, the place has to be cleared by by April fifteenth because of a migratory bird. That's cool. So we have, a, yeah, no. So we're we're hoping that we can get a contract and uh, clear the one acre um, in a couple days so that we can actually start the project. Uh, if if not, we would have to wait all the way till September to do the project. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say that's because of a bird? Yeah, a migratory yeah. Did bird. I hear that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. We have yeah, uh, we have yeah. a lot of environmental laws in places here in Maine. We also worry about the long-eared northern long-eared mm-hmm. bat that has a breeding season that doesn't uh, allow for clearing. Bat, right? Yeah. Okay, learning something new every podcast. Here we go. It makes you wish you were a reporter still, doesn't it? <laughs> no, Expose all this. <laughs> all right, Justin. Yes. So hopefully we can get that contract all finalized um, so we can do that project this this spring. Uh, the second project we heard about was the Chesterfield Airport. It's a it's a fuel demo and adding a truck parking lot. Uh, that one's uh, about nine hundred thousand um, dollars. And this one is this one's a project that we actually uh, bid for a second time. So we we were low bidder uh, last year on this project. They decided not to fund the project and uh finally this year we rebid it and they've decided to fund it so um so that's great news it's you know also shows that a lot of these jobs that sometimes we're we may be low on but they may not fund them they may fund them you, you never know what's going to happen so uh so we're very fortunate about that one i think there's a lot out there right now it's it has been a slow start uh here in the mid-atlantic this year with work but that's that's one of the benefits to being so geographically diverse here. Uh, you know, up in Maine, they've obviously, you guys have been busy uh, through the winter with some projects. Um, Sean said he's and, happy to you, carry your water through the winter. <laughs> well, well, thank you. We appreciate that. You, you, you've probably carried the water a time I or two as well, yeah. if I had to guess. Yeah. But that's, yeah. To your no, point, the that's geographic a, diversity, that's, a, that's yeah. why it's good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There was a, you know, a couple of years ago when we started some airport projects, right, you know, February and March and put a lot of work in place. So that, that is a huge benefit to, to being so diverse. Um, projects that we're currently working on right now, um, we're in the Manassas area doing a 10 or 10 acre landfill cell, um, about 150,000 yards of, of dirt to move there. 
and we've already moved about 40,000 of it. Uh, we got the scraper going in this, this project. It's been a couple of years since we used it. So we're trying that out and Tyler Waterfield is really hammering on that thing, getting the uh, cut fills done. Does the scraper work, Justin, uh, or is it, uh, it works. Yeah. Good. It's, it's awesome. It, that thing is it really uh, is. That, yeah. That thing can move some dirt. We're hoping so. we can get about six of them going sometime soon. I'd love to see it. We yeah, don't see them up here big. very often. Yeah. No, it's much better soil down here than yeah. for, for, for scrapers. Um, then we get to a project down in, in Brunswick, Virginia. It's a, uh, we're building a, a basin for uh, for one of our uh, private clients down there, about 20,000 yards of, of excavation and some outfall and uh, pipe structures. Uh, then up in Leesburg, we're, we're really making some progress at that uh, Cortland pump station project. Uh, we're coming to the, the time now where hopefully we can start up the new, uh, the new infrastructure that, that we've spent so long building. Um, Eric Zemanski is, he's really led the charge um, on that project, uh, coordinating all the subs and, um, and uh, suppliers for that project. Yeah, he now jumped in in the middle of that job, right? I mean, he, he uh, I say the middle, a third or two thirds of the way in, it was still going, it was going on when he jumped in and he's done a good job picking it up and running with it. Yeah, he really has. He's, he's done a great job coordinating uh, to, to this point, And now we've, uh, brought in Dale Lauk, who's one of our superintendents. We've, we've brought him on site now too, just, just to ensure that we haven't missed any details along the way. It's, it, of course, is very detailed work and, uh, he has a lot of experience in it. So he gladly stepped in to, to help us out. So hopefully over the next, uh, couple months, we can, um, get that place up and running and the existing facilities, uh, demolished. So yeah, that's that's about it right now that we have. Can can I just interrupt here for one second? Justin keeps talking about airports, and he's got on his fancy schmancy headset. He sounds like a pilot yeah. coming through this morning. Justin Porter, your pilot for your flight from Virginia to I'll, Maine. I'll have to get the pilot background here on my teams for next. <laughs> well, at least at least you're not warning for uh, turbulence. Nickname Maverick. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Justin. Eric, anything to add to, to, to uh, these guys? Uh, yeah, I just uh, appreciate the chance to add something. Uh, just want to say thank you to both of these gentlemen. Uh, Sean, and when Emily came and asked, you know, how, how do we want to break up sort of these look-aheads in terms of the ops managers and having a couple on to a time, I thought it'd be interesting to have Sean and Justin on because they have to manage a little bit different than some yes, of the ops do. managers. Every one of these ops managers, despite the fact we have regions, they all have to manage a little bit different. Um, both of these guys being geographically away from Stillwater, um, they have to manage very much different. You know, the support isn't right there in their same office. They've surrounded, Justin certainly has a great support team down there. Sean has a great support team. And as you heard, he's adding to his support team all the time, um, firming it up, but they have to handle things in a little bit different fashion than some other folks do. Uh, both of these guys very active on, uh, the HR side, the safety side, the bidding side, all those type of things. And I just appreciate the hard work that they've put in. Uh, down in the mid-Atlantic, Justin, you've had one roller coaster ride of a end and start to a season here in 2021 uh, with bidding some work and then it's gone away and a little bit of a lack of work, but things are showing some good promise. Um, you've kept a great attitude through all that and just stayed steady through the ups and downs, which is greatly appreciated. Uh, and I know your folks appreciate that too. And, you know, some good things kind of come to fruition here. Uh, Sean mentioned some projects that he's uh, looking to put to bed here this summer, Portsmouth and Walpole. A lot of effort's been put in by a lot of people. We're also looking forward to those jobs uh, getting completed so we can move on to some new work. And uh, as we see those starting to come closer to the end, you know, we're trying to be strategic about what we pick up for work too so that we make sure we balance our resources out down there. But uh, much like I said last week about uh, uh, Josh and Doug, these guys work extremely hard for Sergeant, extremely hard for the employee owners. Um, always willing to pitch in. I know they're a great support to me as well, and I just can't thank both of them enough. They, and, they really are, you know, and, working for the for the crew and seeing what they do for the whole company. You know, uh, Justin takes on a big role down there. Sean, you know, outside of New Hampshire, Sean's been working with uh, Doug and Adam Teenan on the Back Cove West project and did it the bid time too. Uh, worked with us with his pipe knowledge and all that. So it's a team effort all around. Doesn't matter if you're in Maine, 
Virginia, New Hampshire, uh, what your geography is, it's a team effort all around. So I just can't thank these yep. guys enough. So if you if you hear some beeping in the background, it's because Justin apparently hit some turbulence. Oh yeah, he's, he's <laughs> and uh, and so he's uh, he's out now, I guess. So we'll we'll sign him out and thank him, Justin. Thank you, Justin, for being on with us. Uh, wish we could do it in person. Uh, we're going to move on, and we've got uh, Safety Director Cameron Hagar in the room with us. Cam, I I want to I want to. While I introduce you, I guess also recognize some of the things you've you've done already in in just about a month with the company. Uh, you know, really did a lot of work on our COVID nineteen policy, and we spent some time yesterday going through that. And um, you know, just a number of other things, the way you've laid out, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the way you've laid out the things we want to achieve on the in the uh, arena to keep our people safe. So thank you for that. Thank you. And you um, turn the mic over to you now. So our safety topic for this week, it, it's kind of two different topics, but they kind of tie it together really nicely. And, and the first one is following our plan, right? And at Sargent, we plan through our Q, uh, crew execution look ahead and our safety task analysis, right? Or, or our STA for short. And through these systems or the crew look ahead and the STA, we plan and identify what needs to get done and how we can do it as safe as possible, right? Um, to make sure the job is, is, is effective. And these plans identify not only, you know, the crew look ahead as well as the STA, they identify the steps, hazards, and controls for each task so we can prevent any incidents or injuries, right? So we're making sure we know what's going on, how we're going to get it done, and how we can do it safely. And when we deviate from those plans, we increase our risk for incidents, injuries, and things like that, and, and things not to go as smooth on a job. Or, or plans change. So the same as deviating from the plans. If the plan changes, if we have some other input that comes in, we, we need to react to that and plan, replan. Exactly. And so with that said, right, if there are any changes to our plans throughout the day, throughout the week, or just the project schedule in general, which I think we can all agree here, we're in construction. Things change every day, every hour, every minute. So when and if there are changes, right, um, specifically, we'll, we'll stick on the day-to-day. Um, with the crew look ahead or the safety task analysis, we should take five, right, and, and address and identify to regroup on what changes have occurred and how we're going to mitigate any safety risks or, you know, just what's going on with the job. Um, take five, you know, we don't necessarily need to take a full, like, you know, 15, 30 minutes, but take five to address those changes and how we're going to effectively and safely get the job done. Yeah, so I want to just take a second and, and launch my support for that notion. And we've, we've in the past, Eric, uh, a year ago, we said, look, after lunch, let's take a halftime break. And I guess what we're saying now is, is in our superintendent said, don't, Let's not necessarily take it after lunch. Let's take it when we need to. And so we're, we are behind that idea that if the plan changes, we need to take a few minutes to regroup and make sure we understand the hazards that we're heading into and that we mitigate them properly. Right. And, and again, you know, not taking the time to address those changes um, or, or, you know, failing to address those changes in our plan to properly, you know, it, address that stuff, it increases the risks of not only safety, but job productivity, um, schedule, and, and just hitting those timelines and, and just the risk of injuries, incidents, and, and whatnot. And as much as we'd like to think it is, safety's not always black and white, right? There, there is, there's gray areas in there. Um, you know, we have standards, we have policies, but there's things in uh, different situations, items where we have to try and figure out this, how to do it the safest way possible. Right, as as well as following our policies, following OSHA guidelines, and proper planning helps us do that. Um, and, our- and so, when we see these these hazards, it's a lot easier, better for everyone if we manage and mitigate the hazards than it is to manage an injury after the fact. Much, much prefer to manage the hazard. And the injury. Exactly. So, you know, at Sargent, and I, I think any company can agree with this, is you want to try and have a proactive approach 
versus a reactive approach. Obviously, you know, there are lessons learned and things like that where, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily say things go wrong, but, it, you know, something happens, we learn from it. But we want to try and be proactive instead of reactive to incidents, situations, and that really starts with proper planning and, and following that plan. Um, and the other side of the safety topic for today, it, it and it ties in with following our plan, is having a voice, right? So it's important for... Sergeant employees all the way from, you know, you Herb to our employees down in the trenches to understand that they have a voice and, and you can speak up regarding safety concerns or schedule anything related to the project. I mean, so we're all we're all employee owners here. Right. So we all have, a, I'll say, a stake in the company. And with that, we all have a voice. And, and if there's a concern, um, you know, bring it up. Don't, don't be afraid to bring it up. Um, you know, my, my basic rule or my typical rule, and I think a lot of safety managers, um, operations managers, presidents, and, and whatnot will agree, is if something doesn't look right, it's probably not probably right. Probably not. Yep. Right. And, and if you're unsure, Arthur, um, Justin Embry down in, in Virginia, our safety specialist, and, and myself, we're here, the safety team for Sergeant, we're here as a resource. So if you're... If you have a question, a comment, you know, concern, you know, go to your foreman first, right? There are first lines of defense, our foreman, our supers, operations managers. Um, and Sean, I'm sure, you know, you've had to deal with situations like that where, you know, a question comes up or safety concern and, you know, we get, we get that mitigated down there. But if, you know, if we're not unsure, the safety team's here as a resource. And I want everyone at Sergeant to know that um, we're here to help. But and the most important resource really in my opinion, from a safety standpoint, is the person doing the work. And that resource is the voice that they have, which is to your point. Let's use a, if if you see a hazard, let's talk about it. Let's not try to tempt fate. Let's talk about it. Let's use that resource uh, that what is, you know, that individual cognition of whatever's going on around them to, uh, to understand we've got a hazard and how to get around it. Exactly. And, and you know, using that voice and, and hazard recognition, that it ties into proper planning. And, you know, we have this plan, right? But if there's, if somebody, you know, has experience or, you know, has an idea where we might be able to do something safer or differently to be more safer and productive or effective in doing whatever task that may be, um, speak up. Let, let's take five, let's identify that and get it down on the plan and, and execute it. Um, and, you know, having a voice, following our plan, proper planning, we're, it, you know, to all ties in with being proactive and yep. we're trying to continuously improve as a company. And these, you know, having that voice, speaking up, identifying stuff and proper planning all tie into that continuous improvement loop. So important safety topic, and I appreciate you bringing that up. That isn't anything I dreamt up. This is, I mean, this is our safety director coming in and saying, and Eric and I are, are echoing, you know, speak up, be that guy, be that girl that mentions something when you see it. Yeah, don't, don't, don't ever walk away or drive away from an unsafe scene. If you see something that isn't right, speak up. It doesn't matter who you are, what your position is, all that. You don't want to live with that on your conscience. You don't want to see anything bad happen. So, so bring it up. And, you know, one of the things that I like about what you're saying, Cam, and that I, I, I appreciate, one of the beautiful things that we can do as human beings is change at any given moment. We can change our minds. We can do all those type of things. So all of us go into a day with a plan at times. Interruptions come along. Things change and all that. But you have the ability to step back, take a deep breath, gather everyone up and say, okay, how do we focus on this and get past this? the best, safest, most quality way, all those type of things. And no one here is stopping you from doing that. No one here is stopping you from doing that. And I agree, Eric. And, and I think a lot of the times we get so, we're so dedicated to the plan that we come up with. Oh, we, we have to do it this way. You know, these are our steps. These are the hazards, controls. You know, this is the schedule. It's okay to change the plan. Yep. If, if, Absolutely. There, if we can do it better, let's identify it and let's do it better. Let's do it safer. Let's do it more, you know, effective, timely, because safety, you know, it, it ties in and it's as equally important as logistics, schedule, making money. They're, they're all as equally important, right? So changing and, you know, improving 
on the plan and whatnot. It it's the best way to do it. Yep. I'm a firm believer and said it last year, I think it was during our foreman and superintendent meetings, and I know Herb's echoed the same thing that at the end of this year, if we made twenty million dollars but we had an employee get killed on a job site, we'll never remember that we made twenty million dollars. But we'll always remember the year that we lost an employee owner. That's and correct. None of us want to be a part of that. So we're starting the season out fresh. Um you know, I know everyone's raring to get back to work and I know what that looks like. Uh, but, you know, come into the season, get your head screwed on right, be willing to speak up. Um, and I just think we can have a, a great successful season. And I mentioned it last week, but Cam's certainly trying to bring some coordination and direction into the safety side of things. Um, I think he's taken a, a, a good step in that direction for only being here a month. Um, so I want to make sure that I change and don't expect you to change the world and two two months but well, it was uh, great ownership and uh, i think that's a great way to, to close out the safety topic cam a great great topic and uh great work as we go forward here we look forward to it thank you i'm, I'm looking forward to it as well and uh again i'm always here for a resource so anybody great. call me text me email me anytime all right appreciate thank you help, cam. cam and we're gonna go to my favorite part of the show which is shout outs sean i believe you got one to start i do this shout out is to jim braley uh, it's from Dan McCall. He spoke a few weeks ago in my foreman training class, and his speech was incredible. It, cont- it continues to resonate in my mind several weeks later. Please let him know his message is important to us young sergeants. That's You know, I've heard a lot about about whatever it is that he's talking about down there, and I need to go sit in that. We need to get Kevin to record it. Yeah, yeah. it's obviously pretty powerful. But, uh, <laughs> great, that's a great shout-out yeah. by, uh, by Dan. And for for Jim. All right. Mark Wright's got a shout out for Aaron Layton for making a day trip to Kingfield and helping me with the signs on a very windy day. And I know what a miserable, miserable job that is, handling those signs and trying to get them taken care of on a windy day. So uh, so thanks to Aaron. He's always showing his value. I got another one here. Cody Collins gives a shout out to Casey Noyes for organizing last week's field cost manager training or FCM and uh, for constantly striving to streamline and make the operations better. And uh, that's, that's a strong one for Casey, and there's nobody that works harder than Casey to, to keep things moving. I don't think that could have been put any better. She strives every day to make things yep. better. So right. that's great. Emily? Um, I've got a shout-out, actually, for Leah for being my right-hand lady because I seriously could not do my job without her assistance. She helps me with odds and ends on top of everything else that she does to help with the estimating department, and she does it all with a smile. So, and not to mention she gives really great air hugs. You know, it's COVID, so I can't give her a real hug. Can't wait until that actually <laughs> happens. But she gives great air hugs. I really feel the love. So thanks, right. Leah. Sean? Yep. Casey Noise has a shout-out for Sarah Tut. She has worked so hard getting project folders organized and in the right places on the project drive. When we switched over from the R drive to the Z drive, we had some project folders end up in the wrong area. Sarah has done a fantastic job getting all of that fixed up. The ops floor is blessed to have her. So, you know, she does a great job, Sarah, and it's like the only way you know she's here is because she gets so much done. Uh, Because you, you don't hear from her at all. I mean, you don't, I see her every once in a while around the office, but she's very quiet and very productive. At least once a week, I try and pop in and just check in on Sarah. And usually when I leave, I feel like I have improving to do because she's, uh, <laughs> she's, she's let me know that, but she brings a steadiness to the floor and, uh, has helped that whole group out down there a lot. Very, we're, we're grateful to have her. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to step in for Justin here. Sure. Uh, Kevin Gordon has a shout out to Glenn Adams at the Bat Cove project for taking time to give an orientation in progress date status on the Bat Cove project to the SCA 2020 laborers who visited uh, the site last week. I know all those guys really appreciated that. They got to see a whole wide variety of things from the tank work to uh, some work we're doing on Preble Street, putting sewer in, uh, all the way over to uh, Exit 7 where we're doing some work. So a, a good experience for them, deep in the ground, something they probably haven't seen before. Right. Um, whole different situation. Uh, also a shout-out from uh, Kevin to all the sergeant crews who let uh, he and his group visit. Uh, their items and took the time to speak with the group, the SCA group. Good job by all. A very informative day for the group to experience and keep up the great efforts and stay safe. All right. Ed Barnes gives a shout out to field cost managers Wander Landry and Gail Tebow, two more workhorses in the field cost manager group, uh, for all their help with heavy job. Great resources and awesome to work with. 
All right. The next one's from Doug Morrison. He's got a shout out to all the WellPoint crew at Back Cove to work around logistics with traffic. The crew of Jackson Blaze, Georgia Bard, Tom Bowie, Aaron Day, and Nick Sanborn have been working a hybrid shift starting at nine in the morning and going to nine at night. These guys truly exhibit the can do whatever it takes attitude to be a sergeant. Praise goes out to all of them. And you talk about making a difference for your coworkers. You know, these guys willing to rotate their clock around a little bit. And and stay on point with the well points. Ah, mm, what do I do look there? Look at you! Right. I there, love nah, it. There's no drum and cymbal here. We <laughs> can't <laughs> get a doom doom. <laughs> 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 no, it was, it was good. good. It was good. I liked it. Mm. Okay, Sean. R.J. Russell has a shout out for all the operators at the Back Cove, and all the commercial truck drivers. R.J. is always on top of it with the with the shout outs. I love that. RJ, I saw him down there. R.J., you're my ago. favorite. Yep. Seriously. He's going to have a busy summer running around fueling half the countryside again. (laughs) Uh, Chris Plord has a shout out to the entire Sergeant family. Hoping everyone got through the winter okay and can't wait to see everyone in the spring. And boy, Chris, if that was a perfect one for me to read because I am ready to see everyone and ready to see spring and see some work get going. So looking forward to it. So I've got a shout out here from Pete Perizzo to Tim LePage for his patience and guidance. And Tim isn't the kind of person you usually associate with patience. I'm glad you said it because at first I was looking at it thinking, where's this headed? Yeah, but- who's this about? Okay, did you plug somebody else's name in there? No, but uh, for patience and guidance, he says, I appreciate our spirited discussions. I always feel heard and respected. And that's really the key with Tim. Uh, and, you know, he's not known for, for sitting still, right? Yep. We, we make fun of him about that all the time. Um, but he's he's learning. He's doing better. This is you talk about changing. This guy's changing. Uh, Tim's got a lot of passion, and uh, you know Pete's a very steady individual. Um, but seeing the two of them work together, it works well. Pete speaks up very well. He uh, he manages up, so to speak, um, and that's just greatly appreciated as well. And they've made a great team in some places. So I all the respect to Tim. Tim does have a lot of patience, and if uh, we've all worked on ourselves over the years, and I know he has as well, and. Uh, but that passion he brings to the side of things is infectious on people. So It's covert patience. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I'm going to add one here. I got a phone call last week from, from a guy who was mentioned here uh, by Katrina Morgan a few weeks ago as, as the biggest com- comedian in the company. And uh, he, he gave me a call last week. And it wasn't a comedy call. In fact, I think we both choked up a little bit during this call. And uh, he told me that after, I think it was 40 or 41 years, 42 years, I don't remember exactly, uh, that he was going to retire this year, and his name's Bob Mann. And I can tell you that I met Bob Mann when I started working full-time in 1983. And, you know, there, there wasn't a guy that, that wanted to bring more value to the, all the people he worked around than, than Bob Mann, just an incredible employee for the better part of four decades. And I uh, hate to see him not be here with us, but man, he's left a legacy with us that, you know, very few do. And so I just want to give a shout out to Bob Mann and wish him the very best in retirement. He deserves, there's one guy that deserves it. They all do, but I really. Mean, seriously, I've never even met the guy, but I've heard his name nonstop. I feel like I know him. Yeah. He's, uh, I didn't get to know Bob as long as you did or as long as Sean did. I'm sure Sean would like to speak to this, but uh, the time I got to know him, I like Bob. He's a likable guy, just Great period. Guy. Uh, good person. He's funny. He's all those type of things. Uh, Sean mentioned earlier in the podcast here, you know, he was out in Walpole last year, and I think Bob has probably crawled in every deep, nasty, just <laughs> tough position that this company Storm has Storm drain had, or sewer uh, or whatever. In between yeah. coffer dams and everything else and, and done it with a smile and, uh, you know, seeing from the time that I was here, his quality of work and those type of things, his care. Um, his dedication to safety, all those type of things to be in those positions. I wish Bob nothing but the best. Uh, hate to see him go, but happy that he can retire and truly wish him nothing but the sure. best. Everything you say, Eric, and, and Herb, it's all true. Uh, there isn't one thing that you can't imagine this guy hasn't done. And he's always been, you know, we've always called on him for our deep, yeah, wet, for, for the toughest stuff. Tough yeah. stuff. You know, whether it's Lebanon, New Hampshire at the hospital or, you know, Portland, Maine. It's um, like way more than you can even. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everything. Yeah. Way more than you can discuss. Yeah. And it, it it's hard it's hard to believe that when you look at him that he's retirement age. 
I know, because he every, looks like he's 40. He does. Yep. Pisses and me off. I know. <laughs> he's, uh, he's very fortunate in that respect, but it's been a lot of hard work. Yep. I've roomed with him over the years a number of times, <laughs> and he's up doing sit-ups and push-ups at 4 a.m., so yep. he's uh, he's earned it. And uh, I hope he has a good, long, happy yep. You say you got a couple other shout-outs? I do. Um, I wanted to uh, thank Emily and Heather uh, for arranging and and getting everything together for the uh, for the job fair next week. Uh, I started with some of the stuff. Uh, I started calling both Emily and Heather and trying to add some input to it. And then wasn't long. I was told to. We've got, we got it. it. <laughs> We're all set. We've got Which it. Which is good. So That's good it support. Is. It is, most certainly. And uh, I appreciate it very much. Of course. And it's going to pay huge dividends. That's what the we're company. here for. And yeah. I wanted to thank Gail also for, for helping out down. Good. She's been our FCM for the interim here in between. And uh, I want to thank her for, for helping Christine getting on track. Yep. Great. All right. All now right. we can give them a big hand. And that takes us to Johnny Guitar Watson, and and uh, the price is right. It does. Okay, so the uh, the price is right item this week is how many dollars worth of bids did we submit in 2020? We got a lot of guesses this week. Got a lot of guesses. What is there like 15 maybe? I don't know. Not going to count them, but um, they range from Richard Woodward Sr. 250 million dollars worth of bids last year. He was the lowest bid. And Eric Gypsum was the highest at $989 million. And the actual amount of dollars worth of bids we submitted in 2020, $752,039,163.24. And I carried that out there for Matt Mills, who was actually pretty close. In fact, wins it. There it is. At $734,376,534. 51. Congratulations, Matt. Persistence pays off. Persistence pays off. (laughs) This guy is always on it, always out to the, to the penny. And, uh, and you were within $18 million. So, uh, this, this is interesting number, 752 million. If you go back, uh, three years, I think, and maybe 2017 or 18, we submitted almost $1.2 billion worth of bids that year. Insane. It's uh, crazy to see how much we bid, crazy to see what we land, but a little bit of that being down is a function of our good backlog, too, and able to be selective on some projects. So we'll grab our share. Yeah. Next week, we'll, uh, our price is right item is the stock price for Sargent Corporation for 2020. I'm so excited. Mm. I'm excited. I'm yeah. Really excited. I know. I'm like waking up. And I'm going to talk here. about it a little bit Huge later. So let's health. not get carried away right now. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Announcements. Announcements. Reminder again, we can't say it enough. April 9th, on-site job fair in Fremont, New Hampshire, 25 Spalding Road, noon to four. Tell all your friends, your family. We want everyone out there um, who wants to be a sergeant. Okay. Um, And then we also wanted to congratulate Joe and Colleen Frazier on the birth of their little girl, Hallie James Frazier. She came in at eight pounds, six, six ounces of healthy baby. That is a healthy baby. Congratulations, Congratulations to Joe and family. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lots of applause today. I like it. So, as always, you need boots on the ground to get you some photos and information on what's going on in the jobs. I do. Yeah. It's been it's been kind of a crazy couple of weeks and um, been a little slower on social media than what I typically like, um, just because we got a lot going on with job fairs and whatnot. But uh, those boots on the ground really do help me on those slow weeks uh, get pictures and information about what's going on out there so that I can share it because that's what we want to do. We want to share what you guys and gals are doing out there. So get me some, get me some content and thank you everyone. I think I put shout outs in all caps in my text message this week from the Sergeant text and uh, got a lot of them. So uh, thank you everyone for that. That was awesome. Okay. So next week, as we said, we're going to announce the stock price and we're going to have a special ESOP edition of the podcast uh, Eric and Tasha and I will be on, and, and it'll be just about talking about the uh, the ESOP, and we'll announce the stock price when it's time for the prices right. But we also have Nate Dykes, who is a uh, he's an employee with 
Chartwell, who does our valuation each year, uh, incredibly talented young guy, and we've invited him to be on the podcast, and he's going to be on with us. So what I'd like for you to do is if you have any questions for us about the ESOP, uh, get them in either via email to Emily or via text when you when you get the podcast episode and get those questions into us. We may not be able to answer them all, but we'll we'll do the best we can. While we talk about the stock price, I want to make sure we have expectations corralled in. Um, and I, I will say a few years ago, I was on a little bit of a mission to get the stock price to be 100 by the time we turned 100. And we turned 100 in 2026. And at the time, we didn't think it was possible. And so I want to be clear, the stock price is not 100. It, 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 we did not reach 100 this year. That's okay. We had a great run, though. Uh, in 2013, our stock price finished up at 60 cents. We lost 40 cents a share that first year. In 2014, it doubled almost to $1.16. 2015, $6.33. 2017, $17 and almost tripled. 2017, $35.77. 2018, $53.83. Last year, 2019, the stock price went up to $73.49. So that gives you an idea where we are with the stock price. And it's not 100 we did not break the 100 mark. We're going to have some close guesses. So when you send in your guesses for prices right this week, I'd, I'd do it to the cent because we're they're going to be pretty, good pretty tight. Yeah. 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 You know, Matt Mills is going to anyway. Oh, of oh, course he will. I, I, Herb, I think it's going to be a great thing. As I said earlier, I'm excited about it. Uh, for people out there, if you get a chance, do tune in. Uh, Nate Dykes that uh, Herb mentioned. I'm very impressed with Nate. He's a he's a young guy, but he's incredibly intelligent and sharp, and, uh, and knows his business. I always appreciate just working with people that are good at what they do, uh, and he's that type of guy, and he'll have some good information about kind of how they look at things. It's yeah. been good for me to hear too, and it's been a gift. I mean, I, I know nobody in this room was here at the beginning of the ESOP, but uh, well, Sean was, but not in terms of reviewing the uh, the valuations. Uh, what this team has brought to our valuation is just, I have so much more confidence in what Nate and his team do yeah. than we did before. Not that we thought it was wrong, but these just these guys have just taken it to another level. And, th- and that's what our people deserve. Absolutely. Yep. Anything to add before we close this thing up? All I would say is the season's upon us. Rest up. Come back with a good attitude. It's all about attitude. Be safe. And I think we're going to have a successful year this year. So... Looking forward to getting everybody back. We're lined up for one. Sean? Have fun. Work safe. Have fun. That's the key. Emily? Nope, I'm good. You're good? Justin is not on any longer or else (laughs) we we excused him apparently. So, Justin, I want to thank you for being on as well. And uh, we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, Goodbye, folks, from R.H. Foster in the background. We're going to have a bleacher set of bleachers set up here pretty soon. Right. Um, So work safe, zero accidents.